Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Bibles and turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says this. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. As you read Hebrews, and right now in my uh, daily Bible reading, I'm in Jeremiah and in Hebrews both, and As you read those last couple chapters, uh, chapter 11, all those examples of faith, and then chapter 12 talks about our turn. It's our turn to walk in faith. It's it's our turn to be those men and women that walk by faith, and now's our time. And then at the end here, just almost seems as though the apostle puts down some things that are a little bit just kind of thrown in at the end to remember, uh, almost random, some things that he puts down here in this last chapter. And, and the first thing is, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. And so you'd, you would say, how long? <laughs> how long should brotherly love continue? That's the, human, uh, that's the human question that we would ask, kind of like, uh, the lawyer that asked uh, Christ, uh, who is my neighbor, right? And the Lord told him the story which we call the story of the Good Samaritan. Or when Peter uh, asked, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Uh, Till seven times, that's what Peter says. And uh, the Lord has called us to, as God's people, we are brethren we are the church of god the body of christ those that have believed in jesus christ for their salvation eternal life uh, we are called uh, to let brotherly love continue until the lord's return until the lord's return this is something that we're supposed to strive to keep the unity strive to let this thing continue as long as we're here awaiting uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians, he talks about brotherly love in verse chapter 4 and verse 9. He says, As touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 
and indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. I find that interesting that he says that this uh, brotherly love, um, and I'm trying to not use the wrong word here, comes naturally to the spiritual man. That makes sense. Yeah. It comes naturally after the spiritual birth. It should there should be something in there, a spark of saying, uh, "Hey, I love God's people." And there may have been a time where uh, maybe you didn't hate them, but it was like it, you're, you know, indifferent. Maybe I don't care, right? But there's something that he says that God teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches. There's something about having the Holy Spirit indwelling us. That we begin to, it's the love of God in us that loves each other. We begin to love the brethren. We begin, and he says that's what the Holy Spirit teaches us. But at the end, even though the Holy Spirit taught them and Thessalon, Thessalonica that, you know what he, he encourages them to? He says, I encourage you to increase more and more. More and more. That this should you should grow in this love toward each other. Now, when we talk about brotherly love, I don't believe that he's talking to love like a brother because we have some examples in the scripture where uh, brotherly love failed. Would you agree with that? The love between brothers failed. So that's not what he's talking about when he's talking about brotherly love. I believe that he's saying this. We are to love because they are the brother. Meaning... The love of God in us for those that have received Christ, for those that have been born again, that God has uh, redeemed and paid for their sin, part of the body of Christ. We are to love them because they're brother. Because they're brother. This is good news. Now, not only is brotherly love to continue, but it's to increase. That we should increase in this. That we should desire to grow in this love for each other. Let me just say this. Uh, John said it about as clear as could be that if we have hatred in our heart uh, toward our brother, then the love of God is not in us. He, I mean, he says it over and over multiple different ways, but he makes it pretty clear that when we're really in right fellowship with God, it will help be in right fellowship with the brother. If we're in right fellowship with the Lord, it will help us to be in right fellowship with the brethren. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit under the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart. And then he says, fervently, fervently. See that ye love one another with pure heart, fervently. That is a result of the new birth is that the love of God in us toward others begins to, to reveal itself like a fruit. It begins to reveal itself in our life like a, like a fruit. And, and then he says, and, and have it be fervent. And so you may even look in your own life and say, let, let brotherly love continue. Is it increasing more and more? And is it fervent? Am I on fire? Am I warm <laughs> when it comes to, not are you warm right now, but are you warm? <laughs> and I'm not wanting an answer back from that one. Uh, are, are, 
Is it fervent? Are you on fire in that love toward the brethren? And then he gives us, let brotherly love continue. By the way, wouldn't it be sad that it end with us? I do believe that as we get close to the Lord's return, and he's coming soon, that there's going to be a falling away. That there is going to be a, uh, a darkness. There's going to be a lukewarmness to the body of Christ. But it doesn't have to be with us. There is a remnant. And part of the lukewarmness will be that, there, that there's just no love for each other in the body of Christ. That will be part of what's going to happen as the light goes dim before the Lord's return in the body of Christ. But it doesn't have to be with us. That's the good news. We can increase. We can increase in that. That love toward each other. And he gives us, in those verses I just read, he gives us some really practical uh, examples or instances of how it would look how it would look, you know, you say, love your brother, love the brother. Well, how does that look, you know? How, what am I supposed to do? And, and there's a couple examples of that right here. Verse 2, he says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. The, to entertain, you know what we would call that? We would say hospitality. There is something about hospitality uh, that is, is uh, a fruit of our relationship with Christ. There is something about that and how we treat each other in hospitality. Looking up the definition would be just an act or practice of receiving or entertaining people, guests, without reward. Being kind. Being generous. There is, a, there is something about the love that we have toward each other that we would be hospitable. Hospitable toward each other and toward the strangers. Take your Bible. I want you to look at something in, in Romans chapter 12. Hold yourself there in Hebrews. This is a familiar, familiar verse to you, but He, Romans chapter 12. I want to start in verse 1. We're, we're eventually going to get down to verse, the verses 10 through 13. But look at verse 1. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brother. So who's he talking to? He's talking to the believers. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to the church. I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Wow, that is, wow. that's great. That's a great verse, huh? I, I, he, he says, I'm beseeching you, or, or I almost hear the apostles saying, I'm begging you, Christians. I'm begging you. I know you've been saved and born again. I know you've trusted Christ as your Savior. But now will you give your life to him? You said, well, you said, well, that should go hand in hand. It should, yes, but it doesn't always. It, let me just say this. Once you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's a one-time thing. But uh, presenting your body a living sacrifice, that may come more than once. That may come uh, daily. There may be a, a daily. And the wonderful thing about it is that this is a sacrifice that he accepts. 
And that might not, for us in the New Testament, for us as Gentiles in the New Testament, that might not seem all that impressive. But if, but if we were a Jew back in the Old Testament, to recognize that we could, we could present something to God, a sacrifice that He would accept, that's good news. That's good news that this is something that is acceptable, that He says, yeah, I will receive your sacrifice. I will receive you. I will take you presenting yourself to me. In verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Boy, isn't that, what, isn't that the struggle? I, I struggle with it. That the world out there has some, a, a mold that's trying to conform us to. Would you agree with that? He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Where's the transformation happen? In the renewing of your mind. Our mind needs transformed. That's what we need. We need well, this is where it's at. So our mind needs transformed. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now that's the key to the rest of the chapter where he begins to talk about how we would use our gifts, our talents, our abilities to serve each other for brotherly love. To serve each other in the body of Christ. To glorify God. And then he gets down to verses, let's pick it up in verse 10. This is how we're to treat each other. Now, if you wanted a picture of what the church is supposed to look like, it doesn't look like a building with a steeple. You know what the picture of the church is to look like? This. Let's read it. Be kindly affectionate one toward another. With what? Brotherly love. Someone I think just yelled hallelujah out there. <laughs> In honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. You say, what does my work and my business have to do with me as a Christian? Everything? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah. This is, this is we're called Christians. We name the name of Christ. We're the church. This is what it's supposed to look like. Not slothful in business. Fervent. Here it is again. I'm fire. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Would you consider yourself looking back? Would you say, I'm fervent in serving the Lord? I'm fervent in that. Well, we all need a little encouragement, don't we? This is what the church is called to do. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. This is a picture of the, what we're to look like. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. This is what the church looks like. It looks like a group of people that are praying. A group of people that are quick to pray in everything. Prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Let's look at this last one. Given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. You know what, Christians, this, is, this should be somewhat of a, of a uh, universal, no matter if it's in the United States or if we go to Papua New Guinea or we were to go to India or no matter where we were to go, you know, Christians should be hospitable. We should be hospitable to each other in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. Receiving one another and helping one another, preferring one another in the body of Christ, helping with their needs. He talks about in, in Timothy and in Titus the qualifications for a bishop 
or for a pastor, for an elder, those things. He says in both of those places, one, that they should be given to hospitality. The other, that they should be a lover of hospitality. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, the Bible says this, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Because we think about um, trying to reach the lost, trying to edify the church, trying to be a help and blessing to each other. You know one of the things that we can use to do that? Hospitality. Try hospitality. See how that will go. That's a, uh, The hospitality can be just our demeanor and how we treat strangers, how we treat uh, those in the body of Christ, other believers, how we receive folks um, here in the church. As, as Wellspring, you know what I would desire uh, that, a, that a visitor would think that when they came to our church, uh, that we were hospitable. You know, that we were hospitable. I think that's the right thing. Use it. Try it. Not just hospitality, but if you go back there, the, th the next thing that he mentions in, in Hebrews chapter 13 is remember them that are in bonds, verse 3, as bound with them. And then that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Not just hospitality, but also remembering those that are in bonds and that and that suffer by the way on the on the part of hospitality you know that the bible says about abraham that abraham was a friend of god isn't that amazing that abraham was a friend of god and you look at the principle of that in proverbs the bible says a man that hath friends must show himself what friendly and you read the example of Abraham, how when those strangers, before he knew it was God, before he knew it was the Lord, and in Genesis chapter 18, what did Abraham do? He received those strangers, didn't he? He, he entertained angels unawares, didn't he? He received those strangers in, and, and what did he do? The Bible talks about he washed their feet, and, and he gave them bread to comfort their hearts, and he went for milk and butter and, and, a, and a young calf and prepared a meal for them. I mean, it's just a perfect picture of hospitality. And you know what the Bible says about him? That he was a friend of God. He was a friend of God. Not only was he hospitable, but as we read down through Hebrews 13, it says that we're to remember those that are in bonds and remember those that suffer. I believe that this is part of brotherly love, is to be able to recognize those that are in need. There's all kinds of needs. There's all kinds of needs that people have. Physical needs, folks go through suffering, some mental, some emotional. Uh, people go through things. And there's just something wonderful about the church is when it, when it uh, helps itself. When the people of God begin to help themselves, instead of hurt themselves, we help ourselves. Meaning, when we see those that are in trouble, or see those that are hurting, or see those that are in need, that we are quick to be able to uh, help them out. He says that we would remember those. At this time, at this time when, when this is written, Christians are persecuted. When he talks about those that are in bonds, he's talking about, and you know, Paul the Apostle himself was in prison. 
He's talking about those that are being imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Those that are, I mean, they're being fed to lions. They're being killed. They're being beheaded. He says, uh, it's good to be able to show our care and show our help and show our love toward those that are in need. There's just something wonderful about the body of Christ when it cares for itself. We, read, we studied that last week about the Shunammite woman where the Bible talks about that she, uh, she cared for the prophet with much care. You know what that is? That's a, that is a, that's a wonderful thing when you see it happen, when there's compassion, right? Down in our hearts toward those that are in, toward those that are in need, toward those that are just concerned. You know, the world has a way of harden our hearts. Really, it does. I mean, if we're not careful, uh, the world has a way of just our form no more. Just kind of closing in and being like, I'm going to take care of me. I don't expect anybody else to take care of me, but don't expect me to help anybody else. Just kind of close in and become hard-hearted toward, but, but that's not what we're called to do. Let brotherly love continue. When we see those that are in need and see those that need help and see those that need prayer and see those that need just compassion, to be able to help them out. Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says this, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came to thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Insomuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. What are we really doing? What are we really doing when we care for those in need? When we care for our brothers and sisters in Christ that need prayer, that need help, that need compassion, that need concern, that need care. We're doing it under the Lord. And we're doing it for Him. Right? And it glorifies Him as we do it. It's a light to the world, the way that we care for each other and the way that we love each other. Let brotherly love continue. You say, how long? Till the Lord comes back. Don't stop. Don't let it stop with us. Matter of fact, not just don't let it stop. Let it increase more and more. More and more. Look at this chapter... 13, and I want to skip ahead just a little bit to verse 15. Some other things that we can continue. Not just let brotherly love continue, but look at this. Hebrews 13 and verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such, look at this, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. It's amazing. I, I, I mean, it's amazing that there's some things that we can do that pleases the Lord. We know faith pleases the Lord, don't we? But there's some sacrifices that we can offer to God that please Him. This is, this is great. A lot of Hebrews 
as you read the whole book, is we learn that after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, after uh, His uh, ascension to heaven, what we have now in the New Testament is better than what was offered in the Old Testament. That was revealed in the Old Testament. And matter of fact, much of what the Old Testament had was pictures and types of the true, the right, the, the good in the New Testament. And, you know, you would think of the Old Testament, you read through, they brought sacrifices, did they not? They brought sacrifices that, that the priest would inspect and then would offer to God these physical things, these animals. Um, but now in the New Testament, it's not as though the sacrifices are done away with in the sense, but they're spiritual. But they are sacrifices. We read of one in Romans 12. We sacrifice our bodies, a living sacrifice that God receives. There's praise and thanksgiving that God receives. This part is, is things that we can do that God receives these sacrifices. And he says, do it continually. These things continue. In other words, don't let that stop. He says, let praise continue. Let prayer continue, verse 18. Let giving, that word communicate, let giving con continue. That word communicate means to give or to share or to help. He says, hey, don't let, don't let that, that care, that share, the, the, the helping stop. Let that continue. All of these things are worship, by the way. The way that we praise, the way that we sing, the way that we give, the way that we pray, that's worship. And we're created to worship. Created to worship God. Here's the title of the message. And it's right there in that verse 15. Let us by Him. You see it? By Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Let us by Him. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise, giving thanks to His name. This, this becomes the spiritual life of the believer. Is, yeah, we do something, let us, but how do we do it? By Him. In other words, He makes it possible that we can even do it, and He also empowers us to do it. Let us, let the church, let us, let the brethren continue in these things by Him. We'll never lose our uh, dependence upon Him. Everything that we do uh, spiritually that's going to last, that's going to bring glory, we need Him to do it. Let us, by Him, we love, we love each other. How? By Him. We serve each other, we serve the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? By Him. We worship. How do we worship? Let us worship. How do we do it? Yeah, we walk by faith. How? By Him. We live by faith. How? By Him. We do all these things by Him. We see pictures of this throughout the Old Testament as, as they would uh, you know, bring uh, sacrifices and, and offer them on the altar of incense. Right, The blood would be applied and this would give them the ability to, to present their prayers and their praises to God. And you and I now can bring our prayers and our praises to God. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't want us to just take it for granted that, you know, sometimes you could take this 
the opposite way. It's you're, you're supposed to bring an offering to God of praise. You're supposed to bring an offering of God of worship. No, I think we should look at it in a different way. We get to. The privilege is, is that we get to. Because we wouldn't, our faith would not be accepted. Our giving would not be accepted. Our singing would not be accepted. Our prayer would not be accepted had Jesus Christ not shed his blood. We could not get to God except by him. We couldn't. He made it possible that we get to offer these spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. He made it possible. He forgave us. Our sins have been paid for. This is the gospel. Christ made atonement for us. He took our place. He paid for our sins. And the way that we can know that we are forgiven, justified, just as if we'd never sinned, the way that we can know that we are made righteous before God is by Him. By Him. Jesus Christ. That's the gospel, the good news. Have you received that? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Not have you always believed that there's a God, but is there a time in your life where you, where you cried out and put your faith in Him, in His sacrifice for your sin? I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do that so that you can know that you have eternal life. So that you can know that the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, lives inside of you, will lead you and guide you, give us life eternal. What a blessing that we can offer these sacrifices of praise, giving thanks. He said, let that, let that continue. You know, the Lord's coming back. And I think that we might be the generation. We might be the people when, when he comes back. Can it be said of us that we were still singing? That we were still praising him? That we were still thanking him until he came back? He said, but there's some things to complain about. There's always been things to complain about. There's more to give him thanks for. There's a lot more to give him thanks for than there is to complain about. By the way, the people that he was talking to, they were being killed for their faith. They were being imprisoned for their faith. They were being beheaded for their faith. And they were supposed to still give thanks. And they did. Now it's our turn. The little troubles that we face and the problems that we have, give thanks. Continually. Praise Him. Thank Him. Sing these songs to Him. Yeah, it's easy to... It's easy to complain, but we're to give thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Let us by Him communicate, continue to give, continue to help, continue to help those in need. You know, this, this being free to give is, is frees us from covetousness. It frees us from the, the power of, of the love of money. Look at verse 5 here in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. He says, Let your conversation be without what? Covetousness. And be what? Content with such things as you have. For he hath said, Here's, here's how, here's what we base our contentment on. 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. <laughs> Let us be content. How? By Him. Let us be content. How? By Him. Look at verse 18. This is the final point. Verse 18, and I'm only reading the first three words. Hebrews 13, 18. Pray for us. Pray for us. This is how we can let brotherly love continue. You know what we can do? We can pray. We can pray for each other. And again, that this is such a privilege. Uh, Hebrews 4, you know this verse, but let's look at it. Hebrews 4, verse 16. There's another let us. Hebrews 4 and verse 16. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us pray. How? By Him. Listen, we pray. We are able to come to God. Again, this is... I don't know. I think because we've just been born in this age of grace, that we don't recognize maybe at times the privilege of this. That we can come before God. Why? Because we come in the name of Jesus Christ by Him. We can come to God and find help in time of need. We pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and helps us in our prayers, teaching us the will of God as we pray. We pray how? By Him. But the privilege is that we can pray that because the blood was applied, because atonement was made, now we can come confidently before God and find help in time of need. For the church, for us, God's people, for the brethren, let us pray. Really, let us pray. Let us pray for, for our families. Let us pray for the lost. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for our country. Instead of worry about it. Instead of complaining about it. Let's make it maybe a let's make it like a a new thing that we're going to try to do. When we're tempted to complain, give thanks and then pray. Or pray and give thanks. Say, look, this is a problem. Yeah, pray about it. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He knows what a better what a better outcome it would be. Let us continue to pray. Let us continue to give. Let us continue to praise. Let us continue to uh, care. Love the brother. Be hospitable toward one another. Maybe it's time for you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. How can I come to God? How can I know that I have eternal life? By Him, by Jesus Christ. How can I continue in the brotherly love? How can I continue to praise God even when there's things that are, are scaring me, even when there's things that are hard, even when there's things that are bad? By Him. Let us, by Him, by Him, we can continue to serve until He comes back.
Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website. Or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.